Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you might be and be listening to this. My name is Brent Cochran, and this is the first ever and possibly the last ever, depending on how this goes, Drift Compatible Podcast. I'm joined uh, this evening by Alex the Chick. How you doing, Alex? I'm fine. How are you? I'm annoyed by technology, but I'm doing just fine. How about you? Same. Same, yeah. Well, we've been trying to do this for a while, and we finally got it worked out, I think. Um, we were talking about things we wanted to discuss, and, of course, one of the very first things that came up was from the news last week, I think it was Tuesday, where the House elected a speaker, and our new speaker is the same speaker, John Boehner. Well, what did you think of what happened on, uh, on last Tuesday? Well, we'll start with this. It was pretty much inevitable. Um, if, you're going to, if you're going to go after the king, you have to kill him. It would have been nice if the people who were attempting to do so would have given more than, I don't know, two seconds thought to organizing their vote ahead of time. Have you um, met the Republican Party? Well, this is true. This is true. Um, look, I'm on record and I maintain my position. Everyone primaried every time, every vote. I don't care who you're for, and before anyone says anything, yes, I mean Cruz. Yes, I mean Jindal. Yes, I mean whomever I like. Nobody should run unopposed. It keeps you sharp. It makes you think. It makes you take into consideration the needs and wants and desires of the other side. That also goes for the rhinos. I mean, all you you fucking rhinos out there... (laughs) Yes, you have your position, and you have every right to run your candidate as well. Boehner ran. Um, I don't agree with Gowdy's position on this, but he has a point. Gowdy stated if he hadn't missed his plane, he would have voted for Boehner because Boehner was the only one whose name came out in the initial nomination period. This is not, again, I don't agree with it, but this is a fair point. Um, If you want to go after him, don't wait to the last second. Get it organized. Go after it ahead of time. And that being said, I don't think this was futile. Um, well, this the, the organization point is something that's always kind of plagued the Republican Party, or, or conservatives especially, because we're kind of indiv- individualistic by nature. You know, we're lone wolves is not the right word, but, but we want to be left to our own devices. We don't like group think. We don't, we don't always play well with others. We want to be individuals. That's kind of the idea behind the conservative uh, ideology. And, and when you need to get a group of people together, when you need to organize and plan and, and execute this kind of thing, we suck at it. We suck ass at it. And, oh, and it came back cats. to bite us it's, once again. It's hurting cats. It's totally hurting cats. It is. It's like what I'm trying to do when it's bedtime around here with my two daughters. There's there's no organization. There's no plan. You're just running around yelling at people. Yep. Yep. So I do think it was very much a shot across the bow, though, because this is the closest anybody's ever come. That's, that's the funny part. It's the closest anybody's ever come, and they got, what, 27 votes? 28? Out of 200-plus? Yeah, yes, but that was right on... This is where you start getting into the weeds of how this process works. Oh, I know you have to you have to knock him out in the first round. Basically, that that kind yeah. of unseats him, and then you go to a, a you know right. an open call basically for whoever wants to run. But it, it just you know it was an attempted coup that got twenty seven votes. I mean, it, right. it it seems a little silly when you put it that way that that there was this big push to oust Boehner that got a whole twenty seven votes. I right. think that's right, 27, 28, something like that. I don't remember what it was. They, I mean, 
as I said, I think it was a valuable effort. Um, I think it was a valuable effort because it plays into my bias that everybody gets challenged every time. I mean, I, I'll be straight up with that. I can't. Of course, I'm going to be. I'm going to be viewing this as a positive endeavor because it's in the endeavor I endorse. You know, <laughs> I mean, you get into some circular logic there. Um, well, here, here's an interesting thing: is that what was good maybe in the short term for us shooting a, a shot across the bow of Boehner and, and making him realize that he does actually have some opposition may hurt us in the long run because you have the other kind of uh, story that's come out of, of the attempted coup is that now Boehner is most likely, if he hasn't already, going to, I, I guess, punish the people that attempted to oust him, those that voted he, against him. He already has. At least two he? people have been, um, I don't know if removed from committee chairmanships, or but they've been reassigned. I have zero problem with this. I, I don't either. If you're going to take your shot, then then this is what happens. I mean, this is not rocket surgery. If you know you're going to help the people that you like, you're going to hurt the people you don't. The people that help you get their back scratched when the time comes. I, I don't. You know, it, it, like I said, it hurts us in the long run. What what we attempted to do and failed hurts us. No shit. Well, yeah, no shit. That's why we get back to get your shit together. Um, it would have been helpful, as I said. I feel that there would have been more organization, more of a push, more an agreement. I mean, there wasn't even, there were rumors about who it was, but there was not even a person who was going to step up to challenge Boehner in the second round, at least not publicly. It's insanity. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy pants. I mean, that, that's crazy pants. So I also think... There's a very fair point to be made by Boehner that between the 10, even 12, and 14 elections, he's grown the Republican presence in Congress. Now, you, I, and the lamppost know that's despite him, not because of him. However, this is empirical fact. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean does Nancy Pelosi get credit, you know, for, for winning elections when she was Speaker of the House? I mean, come on. Yes. No, no, yeah. Yes. You mean the lamppost? No, that's horseshit. That, that lady, you know, doesn't get credit for waking up in the morning. I uh, mean, I'm yeah. sure she's got an aide that comes in, you know, opens I, the I coffin just, and lets I her just, out of the crypt. I just feel, you know, I just feel like I feel bad for all the botulism that's gone to die in her face. Anyway. <laughs> I have rather, as you can imagine, rather strong opinions about the fact that hubby's money and a Botox bitch was the first female speaker of the house. Yeah, that's awesome. Power to the women's. In case you folks haven't noticed, this is not going to be a child-friendly podcast. I think we made it 30 seconds in before Alex dropped a fuck, and now she just called Nancy Pelosi the Botox bitch. Oh, please. That's better than what I usually call her. I'm sure it is. (laughs) Anyway, yes, nothing says nothing says female empowerment like using your husband's money to buy yourself a seat. What's that, Wendy Davis? Mm. Well, at least we got one out of there, so. Yeah, that's but, true. But no, it, it, you know, kind of to circle back, the, the first point is the point. If you're going to do this, you have to win. Right. You, you, you cannot miss. You have to be sure. And not only were we not sure, we didn't have any fucking clue what we were doing. Right. Nobody was organized for anything. There were no names put forward until the very last second. Nobody had any idea what to do if they actually managed to score the victory in the first round. Nobody even knew the rules. Uh, nobody even could do the damn math. 
And then, I mean, and then once they figured out the math, it got screwed all to hell because about a dozen Democrats left to go to Cuomo's funeral, and the right. math changed, and nobody could figure out what the hell that meant. Right. So. By the way, these people are um, running our lives, just in case you were wondering. Gee, thank you. I haven't, you know, gazed into the great maw of despair for a whole 20, 30 seconds. I'm sure we'll have a chance later where you can pray to Smod. That's true. Oh, great and mighty Smod. <laughs> Hit the meatball first. <laughs> we'll just have to change it to the great meteorite of death instead of the meteor of death, apparently. Well, okay, if you want to be fussy since somebody was being fussy and I'm not bitter at all and won't hold a grudge for years and years and years, technically I'm summoning the meteor so that it becomes a meteorite. If you want to play these games, what I am summoning right now is not a meteorite. It is a meteor that will become a meteorite. That's what you're going with? I'm going with that. Sounds good. I, I, I like it. All right. Let's 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 leave the U.S. behind for a second uh, in, in thought, if not in physical presence, and move to something that, that's a little more real. Um, mm. You know, this week, last week, we, we've seen the attacks in Paris. Um, uh, there's a magazine in Paris, basically. This is a satirical magazine that's, you know, very actually left-leaning and communist from, from many. I Marxist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they do satirical uh, cartoons, essentially, is, is kind of their main thing, sort of like a Mad Magazine was here, only even more outlandish. Um, I cannot begin to pronounce the name of this magazine because it's French and I am decidedly American. In my head, it's Charlie Hebdo, and that's the way we're going to pronounce it because I'm not even going to attempt to well, embarrass let's myself. See, my six years of French, I don't remember anything. I think it's Charlie Hebdo, but yeah, I have no that's, clue. That's, I have no clue. Charlie. Yeah, exactly, Charlie. My southern fried ass isn't even going to pretend to do any French. Um, but anyway, we saw terror attacks. Several years ago, this magazine was firebombed. Uh, and now we've had two gunmen, we think two gunmen, who burst in and murdered a dozen people, injured a dozen and a half others, I believe, something along yep. those lines. Uh, yep. All over the fact that this magazine put cartoons of uh, Muhammad in their magazine and on their cover. Uh, right. And that apparently is greatly offensive to them. Now, this magazine also put out some pretty offensive cartoons of Jesus, of Buddha, of you know various everybody. Hindu gods, and everybody. everybody. Um, there's only one religion that that you know actually responded with violence and death, and it wasn't the fucking Lutherans, you know. Hey, um, hey, the power of vanilla wafer compels. Yeah, you can keep your jealous salad, all right. I'll keep my Baptist potluck, but. Um, Green beans yeah. for the win. You, you've got these, these, I'll say people, you've got these terrorists who insist that, that the slightest offense, if they're offended, that means that, that they can kill you. you. That, yeah, you die. Not, not I'll boycott you, not I'll speak out against you, not I'll argue against you, I'll shoot you in the damn head from point-blank range, as we saw yeah. what happened to the cop on the street. What's the interesting Muslim to me, cop on the street. Exactly. I was about to say they actually shot one of their own. I have to wonder if when he's laying in the street with his hands up, clearly pleading, if he's trying to tell them that he's a Muslim. I, that's just a thought that popped into my head. Well, I mean, look. He back, probably at that point doesn't know what they're doing. Back to empirical evidence. Um, look at what Boko Haram just did. Although there are discussions that the town, the towns they raised were Christian, but numerically, Muslims have killed more Muslims than non-Muslims. Yeah, uh, Boko Haram I mean, just wiped out. I actually saw a report the other day that they've they've wiped out sixteen towns in the last couple. Towns. 
in the last couple of weeks, one of those towns had a, a population of about 2,000 people, and that there were literally bodies piled in the streets for miles. That's, yep. that's horrific. That's, that's Roman Empire conquering type shit. I was shit. just going to say, I keep saying this, this is Roman. I mean, it would not surprise me if it turns out they salted the earth. Hey, yeah. And I will admit, as we move on from Paris, it bothers the hell out of me. I understand why everybody's focusing on Paris, because it's so horrific. And MWR nailed it in one of the comments today. Oh, what do we care? That's just Africans killing Africans. That's, it, it's, 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 it's true, but it's horrible. Absolutely. They strapped a bomb to a 10-year-old little girl and blew her up. And I'm, I'm curious, if a, if a female martyrs herself, does she get 72 virgins? What does she get? Um, I, I mean, don't That's know. actually a legitimate question because no, we've I seen don't. a rise in female suicide bombers lately. What, what is the impetus there? What are they promising them to, to, to make them do this? I know there's something. I don't know what it is, but I know that's been answered, and I, I'm ashamed to admit I don't remember what it is. But they are also rewarded. Um, but you know, a ten-year-old, come on, that she's ten. <laughs> they did it to her. Um, somebody speculated. I don't know if it's proven or speculation. They think it's one of the girls that was taken. Lovely. And you know, and they, promi- sure- they probably promised her sister or her cousin or, or whoever could go free. Yeah. Or they just did it to, or, or they strapped something to her and said, honey, go over there. They'll rescue you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who knows? It's a 10 year old girl. They're not exactly known for, you know, logical yeah. thinking, just like a 10 year old boy isn't known. Yeah. For I mean, logical they're 10, they're children, they're little kids. There's a reason, you know, what 10 years old, you probably remember the scale, you know, zero to seven, you have no culpability seven to 14. It's a sliding scale. Yeah. That, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. I think part of the, the reason why there's been so much uh, notice in, in Paris is it happened to a Western country, yep. just just like what happened on 9-11. Uh, when it happens to a Western country, yeah, it, it gets more notice because that shit doesn't normally happen here. You exactly. Know, uh, it, as cruel and as heartless as it may sound, when you see these kind of things happen in Africa, well, Africa has been doing that to each other for a long period of time. Now, I'm not going to even try and discuss why. That That's an entire series of podcasts that will probably get us all in trouble. Well, but, well, I mean, but it's I not uncommon over there for people to be killing each other. Yeah. Gunmen running into office buildings and executing a dozen people doesn't fucking happen in the West. Right. Right. So I think that's well, part of why. And, and you've seen the huge outcry in, in Paris, kind of the pushback from, from people. And you're talking about, I, I think they estimated something like 3 million people in France demonstrated the other day. There was one noticeably absent from, from France. but oh, Jesus. Yes, and our, it, was, it was larger than the celebrations for liberation after World War II. Absolutely. Um, I'm getting a little frustrated, and I'm seeing this overwhelmingly from people. Oh, they're just lighting candles. Oh, that's not brave. Oh, that's not this. Oh, that's not that. First of all, some, I, I want to say it was, I, I can't remember if it was in Lyon or Chartres, they were displaying onto one of the fountains, they were projecting the cartoons up there. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so when people say, oh, unless unless you're standing there holding holding one of the cartoons, you're not being brave. Excuse me. A dozen fucking people were just slaughtered in a country. For, for drawing a cartoon. For drawing a cartoon. In the age of modern media and whatnot, you have to assume people standing in that crowd have smartphones and are following you. Anyone who went to those could be killed. 
Is it the bravest thing in the world? No, but it's also not nothing. Right. That's what's infuriating me. There's these people are responding as if, and I get why. I get why. It's just a hashtag. It's just a candle. You're not holding it up. You're not doing anything. And maybe nothing will come of it. Maybe nothing will come of it. But at this moment, people are pushing back. Shut up and be happy for that for one goddamn second. Yeah, I, I don't remember anybody complaining all that much when, when there were some, you know, obviously nothing to, of that size, but when there was a sense of unity and purpose after 9-11. I, I wasn't physically doing anything. I, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't marching in the streets. I wasn't, I didn't pick up my rifle and, and head to Iraq, although I had two of my friends on the baseball team who attempted to do that. Um, they were going to leave college. They were going to leave their scholarships behind and head to Iraq. One of them actually ended up joining the Army after he graduated college and is still serving our country. Well, but but that is not, that's not something I did. D- does that mean that I cared any less, that I, I, I was, you know, that it meant any less to me? No, of course not. Is it the bravest thing I could have done? No, it's not. But like you said, it's not nothing. It's not, you know, th- this is... There's such a thing as a show of force. Yeah. You know, there's there's three million people in the damn streets. That means something. Yeah, that means something. Um, I just completely lost my train of thought. Uh, since I'm sitting here staring at my <clears throat> my not insubstantial movie collection, I have I love I love Luke Besson because he's insane. <laughs> okay, we'll start with that. I love Luke Besson. I have always been fascinated by District B13, and that came out what well over a decade ago. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's a parkour movie. You know, it doesn't exactly have a deep plot, but it is French. Um, it's, Besson, it's par- parkour, that's where they're like jumping off buildings and shit? Jumping off the buildings. Okay. Um, that I've heard of. I think I yeah. saw a YouTube video. Yeah. Besson uh, wrote it. He didn't direct it. One of his protégés directed it, but it's his movie. The plot, such as it is, is about the Banris, which have been blocked off. And the cops have left them. Tell me if this sounds familiar. <laughs> it's a no-go zone. No-go zone. They are literally walled off. Literally walled off. Um, they're, the, the gangs are controlling the areas. A package goes down in it. A cop has to go in to get it. He goes in with this other guy. Like I said, the plot, whatever. Bassam movies are not known for their plot. But by the end of it, the French government is going to nuke that neighborhood. And what has always fascinated about me is this piece of cinematic trifle, this bonbon, this French film that's just, you know, a throwaway action movie, is perfectly fine with just nuking one of the Banwees, one of the Andorosmans. Um, <laughs> that was well before all of this happened. That has always fascinated me. Especially when you look at what the... That it was okay. It's just okay. It was not controversial that this area is a no-go area and we're just going to kill everybody in there. Well, welcome to Europe. I was just going to say, which plays into Europe's going to go back to form. (laughs) Europeans have been killing the other people for a very long time. I mean, like you said, you want to talk about Africa and them killing each other. I mean, this is the longest period of time in Europe that the Europeans haven't been killing each other, and that's if you ignore all the areas where they were killing each other. <laughs> I mean, oh, Serbia doesn't count. <laughs> that's Eastern Europe. Totally doesn't count. That's Eastern Europe. It totally doesn't count. 
Am I afraid that will happen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you get into Stein's thing about demographics, that there aren't young enough people left to left to left to do the slaughtering. Uh, there's well, there's per- certainly quite a few uh, young Muslims in in Europe and in France especially. They, they've yeah. got quite the population that have that have immigrated, have not assimilated. In fact, uh, like we said, they have no go zones. They have their own neighborhoods that are completely and utterly under their control. Yeah, and the his Stein's point is there's not people to fight on the other side. Well. Look at the rise of Le Pen in France. And, you know, that's very nationalistic, including all of the lovely traditional anti-Semitism. Uh, the, the, speaking of which, uh, the Jews are fleeing in by the thousands. Oh, that's been, happening. Right now. That's been yeah. happening for a couple of years. Yeah, uh, it's apparently uptick in the last week or so. I can't imagine why. Well, you know, um, MWR made a comment about, you know, the massive thunderous applause that uh, Netanyahu got at the Grand Synagogue today. And my response is, um, yeah, plus he's taking them all home with him, and I'm only 1% joking. Yeah. Uh, it is It is conceivable that by June, heck, by April, every Jew in France that can will leave. Which does not uh, spell out anything nice for those who can't, for those who are left. And it doesn't spell anything nice for your, your, your society. No. But, you know, Le Pen, the rise of Le Pen, the rise of UKIP, although I'm not equating Le Pen and UKIP necessarily, but the rise of nationalism, the rise of other parties. We've discussed this for a couple of years in the UK. Um, you're giving people no viable alternative. We don't want this immigration. We want people to assimilate. We don't want Sharia law de facto, if not de jure, in our country. Stop it. When they have no representation, they're going to go somewhere. And where they're going is back to roots. Kill the other guy. And when they're going is back to roots, and the roots in Europe are, we just fucking kill everyone. I mean, you can argue that's the roots of humanity. I mean, tribalism and the other. Very but. true. But it, Europe seems to have a, a long history of it. And of course, Europe is, you know, has been around a very long time. So obviously they have a long history of it. But it, it, it seems to take on a, 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 a extraordinarily bloody tone in Europe. Yep. yep. Uh, the, I, the best way I could think of it is that Africa now was Europe several hundred years ago. Yep. Yep. And nothing. Look. Do I hope something good will come of this? Yes. I cannot believe Al-Sisi is still alive. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, honest to God, I cannot believe he's lived this long. He has to have a target on his back. There has to be a group out there that's, that's looking for an opportunity. I, I, I can't just, imagine there's not. I, I mean, I just can't believe he's lived this long. And by this long, we mean what, since the first? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to, to kill a dozen people over a cartoon, what are you going to do to a leader of the world who, who basically rejected your view of the religion? It's not just that. He basically, what he did was the equivalent of going into the Vatican and telling the Pope, you're wrong. You must change. Where he gave that speech is considered the center of Islamic theology. If I remember right, it's something like a thousand years old. This is this is Luther nailing the theses to the door. 
Now, the, uh, the reason it hasn't gotten more press for all kinds of reasons, look, let's not, let's not lie about who he is. The man's Pinochet. I mean, he's a military dictator. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He's not, he's not the person you want doing it. He might be the only one who can do it. He's the only one that's probably got the backing. Yeah, he might be the only one who can do it. And part and of me... who has all the guns wins. Yeah, part of me feels, look, reformation is going to come at the point of a gun. It can either be in the hand of somebody who's on, who's on your side, or it can be the hand of the rest of the world. But this cannot go on. It can't. Uh, if what can't like, continue won't. Yeah, that which cannot continue won't. The center will not hold. And... You know, all these imaginary backlashes against Muslims and all the rest of it. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. At some point. Look at Rotherham. Okay, I I can't imagine the mindset that allows knowing female and male sexual slavery to go on. And not stopping it. At this point, the cops goddamn well have better been on the take. It, it was it was certainly widespread. I, I don't I don't have an explanation for that. I don't I don't ever have an explanation for for that kind of stuff. I just it, but the it does not that, compute. The fact that nobody's going to be punished for this, nobody's going to be punished for this. Nobody's going to lose their job. Nobody's going to lose their pension. Punished? Shit. How many people would even know what you were talking about? It's right. not even in the news anymore. It hasn't been for months. Mm-hmm. Not not mainstream. Was it ever that much in the mainstream news? No, because it's inconvenient. Which segues into the next thing we, we were going to talk about, which is UVA. We'll start with this. Jonah Goldberg's you know little joke about the sitcom about the frat boys who own Rolling Stone. I think he needs to start working on titles. Hmm. Nice. Because... Yeah, Rolling Stone is somewhere beyond fucked and into, like, this otherworldly, you know, Jan Winter better start selling off his jet. <laughs> well, here, here's the interesting part, though. We say they're fucked, and in the same world they would be. Who's going to bring the action against them? Because the fraternity looks like it's basically kind of sitting down. UVA's reinstated the fraternity. But you the fraternity... But we, fr- don't know, we don't know on either side what's going on. Hey, look, for all we know, Rolling Stone already paid them off. True. But what I was going to say, though, is that, that the fraternity signed... Let me see if I can find this article. The Yeah, frater- the fraternity signed the new fraternal Greek organization pledge or whatever the hell they're calling it. Um, I haven't read the pl- whatever it is they signed. I don't know if even the document's online. I've you got it have- here. Yeah, you have to assume, at least I'm assuming, this is an attempt to avoid liability. All right, here you go. Here is, here's the, the main nut of what they sign and what I guess all the fraternities and sororities are going to have to sign. A minimum of three brothers. This is coming from a, a couple of articles at Reason.com, okay. by the way. A minimum of three brothers must be sober and lucid at each fraternity function. Sober and lucid is defined as a brother acting without influence of any substance. At least one each of the above sober brothers must be present at each point of alcohol distribution and another at the stairs leading to residential rooms. So they're going to guard the bedrooms. In addition to... 
because it's the conservatives that want to be involved in your bedroom. That's in addition right. to the required monitors outlined above, fraternities must provide an additional sober brother monitor for every 30 members of the chapter as derived by adding the number of active brothers and new members. At least three of the sober monitors must be non-first-year brothers, and all monitors must wear a designated identifier. Now, here, here's, the interesting, here, here's an interesting part, too, that should be really fun in a frat house. The agreement also places limits on what types of alcohol may be served. Beer must be served in cans, wine must be poured by a sober brother, and pre-mixed punches are banned outright. If fraternities want to serve mixed drinks, they must hire a bartender. Okay, my first thoughts on this, I have multiple, we'll start with this. But, but, anyone under 21 can't drink! <laughs> Sure they can. No, I mean, I mean, let's start with that. I mean, that gets into hours of ranting about the federalized federalization of the of the drinking age, and you know, hours infant- we do not have because I'm going to be pulled away by family responsibilities here before too uh, much longer. Yeah, infantilizing people and whatnot. <laughs> Number two, like I said, I think this is a play for. We agreed to yours. We this is what I think it is. I think it's a play for we agreed to this. We can show our insurance provider we agreed to this. Anything happens here, we're covered. Now, again, you and the lamppost know that's not going to stop anybody from lying about it. They okay? would never do such a thing. Oh, they, never, ever, ever. Nobody would ever lie about something as serious as rape. No one ever does. I mean, that woman in Alaska didn't just lie about being raped by the guy so her insane, jealous boyfriend wouldn't find out she was cheating on him with his cousin, and the insane, jealous boyfriend didn't beat the cousin to death, and they're not both facing the second-degree murder charges. No, that never happened. Yeah. By the way, that story gets more insane when you realize that the uh, the cousin that, that was cheating with the, the girl yeah. was not the only male present in that hotel room. Oh, I know. And she asked, what was it, the two or three other guys, all of whom appear to be some kind of distaff kin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I keep waiting for the, and then the meth lab. Right. Uh, yeah. Also, go ahead and say it. Not Florida. There you go. <laughs> that was not Florida. That was, in fact, the literal other end of the country. That's right. That was the entire opposite, the exact opposite of Florida. That so, was about. That may be about as not Florida as you can be. That's right. But, but, but yet was, we still had Florida behavior. I can't even argue it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was expecting for the byline to read like Stark or Laudy or one of those lovely <laughs> middle-of-the-state towns. I did tell you that, you know, for those that don't know, I have a crazy, crazy cousin who somehow managed to avoid jail for stabbing the guy. Admittedly, she stabbed the guy who was strangling her. Well, my cousin was not from Florida. Where did it happen? Florida. Florida, yep. But she did not stab him with a squirrel, so it doesn't really count. She did not stab him with a squirrel, so it doesn't count. Moving back to the UVA cray-cray, we'll go with this. I maintain my position that Ryan needs to start going around making a shit ton of money, doing lectures on the crazy and how not to (laughs) stick your dick in it. I, I, I'm, I saw this put forward. I'll, I'll say this delicately. I'm somewhat in the camp that he's oh, yeah. in the closet and doesn't want to come out of the closet. That, I'm totally in the, I, either you're in the closet, don't want to come out, have not admitted it to yourself yet, or seriously, you are the smartest 18-year-old boy on the planet. Uh, all right, we're almost out of time. Let's, yeah. let's hit something a little fun. Okay. Uh, let's, let's talk football. Oh, oh. 
Right before we started this, uh, the news broke that Fox has stepped aside as the coach of the Broncos. That can only mean one thing. Bye-bye, Peyton. Bye-bye, Peyton. I'm I mean, shedding it, a tear over here. Oh, it has to be. It, it, it has to be. I, um, I don't know why else you would you would be leaving uh, what, by all accounts, is a, a fairly successful team. Oh, um, it's, it's absolutely a successful team. Now, now here, here's the one wrinkle to that. Even if Peyton stays, the Broncos loaded everything for this year. This was yep. this was the year. They had to make it to the Super Bowl this year. They have yep. 17 free agents going into this offseason, including the, the Thomas twins, Demarius and Julius. Um, you know, is there two big players? I did not I, I realize it was 17. 17 I knew the Thomas, free agents. I knew the Thomas twins were going. The assumption has been to this point that they're going to stay with Denver to stay together. Uh, if, if they don't have a quarterback, why? But I was going to say, but when Peyton goes, and I'm sorry, Peyton, Peyton's going. I love the new today I've been playing for the last month injured. I, I read in this article that he's got a torn quad. Yeah. Now, admittedly, now, if that's he, he can't he can't move anyway. But how, yeah. how you can play on a torn quad without massive amounts of painkillers, and even then, I, I don't physically know how yeah. you could do it. I mean, I mean, it, assuming he was legitimately injured, okay? Assuming. Assuming, um, and I'll give him that he, he was legitimately injured. <laughs> One heck, not even a decent hit. You get rear-ended by somebody going thirty miles an hour. You can be paralyzed. Yep. With the, with his neck injury. Oh yeah. I mean, it's completely insane that he's still playing. I I get why he would. Not just for the money. I've known some high level athletes. I understand that. We see it in, in all sports. All of these guys, they don't want to give it up. They want to yeah. keep playing, even though their bodies tell them to stop. Their production yeah. tell them to stop. And here's the thing: he got about a two year reprieve. He went to Denver, yeah. and, and for a couple of years, it did none of that mattered. Because right. he was lighting it up. He's setting records. He's doing all yep. these things. But the truth was, Peyton's got a Peyton. And that means when playoff time comes, yep. he gets shit. a little tight. Shit the bed. I mean, look, Ursay, the only problem with what Ursay said about Peyton's playoff performance was that he said it in public. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's, he said, he's, he spoke the unspeakable. He said Voldemort's name. <laughs> I mean,. It's true. I mean, for everyone who got all angry about the whole Tebow has as many playoff wins as, as, as Manning does, it well, <laughs> it, it was true. I mean, Eli still has more rings. And that's going to be fun to play with for the rest of eternity. Oh, I know. So, I mean, Peyton has to, he has to be retired. And why shouldn't he retire? Absolutely. I mean, I mean all, all joking aside, he's had an un godly career i mean he's, I mean, he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer he, he, he's well got a ring i mean he's he's I mean, going he's got, he's got all the money he got what 60 or 70 papa john's franchises yeah not to I mean, mention the outrageous amount of money he got signing with denver on top of the outrageous amount of money he got for playing for what 15 years with the colts on, on top of the direct tv money on top yeah. of the nationwide money i mean he's got the money uh, he has nothing left to prove, and especially losing the Colts. You went down to the next up-and-coming young quarterback who's with your former team. Yep. You can bow out gracefully. I mean, look, let's be honest. Everyone pretends that Jordan retired with the Bulls. <laughs> I do. I mean, everyone does. Yeah. 
Everyone does. It's you, you see it over and over again. It's it's Montana with the Chiefs. It's Emmett yep. Smith with the Cardinals. Uh, you know, it's where did Willie Mays go? The Mets. You see it over and over and over again. They just can't put it down. But back to to Fox to kind of wrap up, I I think he's gone because I think Peyton gave him the heads up that he's out the door. You know when Peyton's gone that those 17 free agents are probably going to, you know, sign their deals as fast as they can with somebody else. So so this thing is going to absolutely implode. Uh, Their defense has been – pretty good for the last couple of years. Del Rio looks like he's moving to Oakland. So this, this entire staff, he, this entire team is going to blow up. You think he is going to Oakland? That's, be, the, that's the reports that it, that Oakland's after him hard and that well, he, of should. course, wants to be another a head coach again. Yeah, I mean, they, they, he should take it. Well, that brings us back to, you know, a certain someone who, who has displeased me, Bandersnatch, <clears throat> ahem. Uh, who was trolling me with the Browns article about their offensive coordinator position. The article was dead on accurate, though. That has to be the most sought-after position. (laughs) There is zero downside to you. If you fuck up, it's the Browns being the Browns. You turn the team around, you're a super genius, and you slot into a head coaching position, bam, next year. You turn the Browns around. What can't you do? Yeah, you turn the Browns around. But again, if you fail miserably... Brown's got a brown. <laughs> Cleveland's I mean, got a Cleveland. It's, it's a win-win situation. Okay, look, Buckeye boy. Oh, here we go. All right, all right. I'll just put it out there. <clears throat> My assistant pastor of church is a, yes, I attend church. I'm not entirely a heathen. My assistant pastor of church is a huge Ohio State fan. So before the Ohio State-Alabama game, we were talking a little trash, and a wager was laid wherein the loser would have to wear the winning winning team's colors to church next Sunday, which is kind of funny because both teams essentially had the same colors. That's not the point. Not the point. Alabama, of course, shit the bed because they're Alabama and they can't ever do anything nice for me, which means that I showed up in church this Sunday wearing Buckeye colors. There were pictures of these things, and it was immediately posted on Facebook. For those that don't remember, I grew up in Michigan. If you ask me where I'm from, I will tell you Michigan. I'm a Michigander. So look, Buckeye boy. Listen, you need to be rooting hard for, for Oregon because, tonight because uh, the, the bet was late again this week, and I really want to see him in some green and yellow come <laughs> Sunday up there at the podium. Um, I'm rooting for Oregon because fuck Ohio State. Of course. I'm, I'm rooting for Oregon because my uncle, that's my dad's twin, um, he lives out there, and he's a huge, huge Oregon fan. I'm also rooting for Oregon because fuck Ohio State. Uh, just, you know, can't be said enough. Absolutely. That, that being said, I'm a little disappointed because apparently um, Oregon has announced that they're just wearing these all-white uniforms, which are <laughs> horrible, but they're not, like, as horrible as I thought they would be. They're not awesomely horrible. They're not awesomely horrible. So that's a little disappointing. I figured it would be like day glow and sparkles and God only knows, like, I don't know, a unicorn or something. I guess the Nike money's not as good as it was. Uh, no, this is the first time they've worn them. Oh. Everyone has to buy all new. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You have to buy the championship uh, ones now. And those gotcha. are completely different. Oh. A-, a discussion on the money in college. College athletics, specifically uh, college football, is maybe something we should hold off till next time. Yep. Um, so you go pretend to be a good, wholesome family man. I appreciate go that. The, go play with the uh, drunken midgets. I will do that indeed. You enjoy your, your evening of destiny and foreign tennis. 
Ah, yes, yes. I'm very excited. Just wait until next week when, you know, the Australian Open's underway. All right. Well, Alex, thank you for being with us tonight. Uh, to all of you out there, the dozens and dozens that are hopefully listening, thank you very much. The two people. Yes, all two people, which are me and you. Uh, okay. Thank you guys very much, and we'll see you next time, hopefully. Bye. Bye.